0: This is Corolla Digital.
1: My little macadamia nuts, it's me, Allison, before the show officially starts, a few words. This episode is brought to you by the new Squarespace. Squarespace Squarespace.com introduces a new content management system, making it faster and easier to create a high-quality website, blog, or online portfolio with professional designs and website templates optimized for any size smartphone, tablet, or computer. For a free trial and 10% off new accounts, go to squarespace.com forward slash bestfriend and use offer code bestfriend11. All right. I believe we have an iTunes comment of the week.
2: Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars.
0: All right. Our iTunes comment of the week this week comes from Hot in Cleveland and it is titled simply dot, dot, dot. Perfect. And I like to imagine that's because you referenced ellipses recently.
1: Oh, I like to imagine that as well.
0: All right. So it goes, your show has gotten me through through the last few rocky months of my relationship. Today, my fiance and I broke up for the fifth, oh God, I've lost count to be truthful, and final time. I know, I know, how unhealthy that we kept it up this long and broke up this many times. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what we were thinking, but I guess I may have been guilty of doing a lot of rosinating myself Mm. and trying to salvage what was left of us. I truly enjoy listening to how you found Daniel and how good he is for you and how he just gets you. I love your self-deprecating sense of humor, and whenever you talk about gross stuff like farting, I can't help but laugh out loud. You make my hour-long drive to work amazing, and you're getting me through a tough time. Thank you, Allison, and keep rocking it out. I love everything you do on the show. P.S. Hearing how Jay Moore adores Nikki made me melt, and I loved hearing his stories. I am now listening to MS thanks to A-R-I-Y-N-B-F.
1: Thank you Hot in Cleveland and you hang in there. Um that whole breaking up, getting to- back together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up thing is uh is uh it takes some time to uh get over that and it's painful, but I just from hearing well, what you said in the comment, I think that you guys have made the right decision. Uh, and uh, I wish you the best, and and thanks, and keep listening, and if you would like your iTunes comment to be a potential iTunes comment of the week, then all you have to do is leave a comment and click five stars, uh, and uh, maybe we'll read it on the show. Who knows? Anything can happen, and one of those many anythings, I'm hating that rhyme, but I'm going to just let it go, you know, uh, that can happen is that you can win a contest such as the one that we held on this show where we are giving an iPad away, an iPad from our friends at Citrix. And I said that uh, that I want the iPad. I wanted to enter the contest. All you had to do to win was to tell us where you would host a meeting, if you could host one anywhere in the world and why. Uh, and now we have to give an iPad that will be autographed by moi. Along with some show swag, we have to give that away to, to someone, to a stranger. It's I don't get to take it home, and I'm not okay with that. But congratulations, Ran GM, you won this iPad Fair and Square. What did his What did his tweet say? His winning tweet.
0: Uh, Ran GM's winning tweet said, "I'd host a meeting in Tokyo because my Japan vacation was derailed by my father dying. I'd hold a meeting with family."
1: It's very sweet. It tugs at my heartstrings. I hope you love your iPad. Um, and uh, let's talk about go-to-meeting for a minute because I sure love go-to-meeting. I love the way that with go-to-meeting, if you need to have a meeting with people you work with, you don't have to get off of that chair lift or uh, maybe you've been making a snow angel or perhaps you are... Um, I'm thinking of other holiday things that prevent you from going into the office to meet. You could be sipping hot cocoa and you could burn the roof of your mouth and you wouldn't want to have to go into the office. Uh, you could be... You could be trimming a tree. It's weird that they call it trimming, but they do. There's all sorts of re- You could be an inclement. There's all sorts of reasons during the holiday season that you would need to meet face-to-face with your coworkers without actually being in the same space. And that is where GoToMeeting comes in hand. Um, they have HD quality, so you see each other crystal clear, and you can hear each other, and you can collaborate on documents together. You can host a meeting from the iPad now. For example, you could host a meeting from the iPad that I am giving to someone. Ugh. Anyway... Uh, Gary and I love GoToMeeting. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button and use the promo code Allison. Be sure to use the promo code Allison. GoToMeeting. Meeting Meeting is believing. Um, Also, in this holiday season, you might want to go to a game or an event, and you might like... Okay, so a lot of people are going to want to go to games and events during the holiday season, and you might discover that the thing you want to go to is sold out, but you just know deep down in your heart of hearts, you just know that there's some tickets that are available, but they're not being uh, sold through whatever you're looking at because it is coming up as sold out. Well, don't listen to the people who are telling you it's sold out. It's not. Go to scorebig.com. They have access to those seats, and unlike some other uh, websites, when what the amount that you say you want to pay, so it's like Priceline, but for tickets um, for to events and games, and you say, I want to pay this, and they say, Yes, we can do that, or No, we can't, but yes, we can, and then that is all you pay. They don't tack on all these uh, secret extra charges, and you don't feel shaken down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's some like un- unlike some other sites where you you know negotiate a price and you set it all up, and then there's all kinds of fees either for delivery or for you know seller's commission or whatever that is. With Score Big, you put in all your information first, your credit card and everything, and then you go and tell them you know I, I can pay forty five dollars. And uh, if they can do that, then your tickets, if you want to, you'll be charged $90. That includes everything, delivery of the tickets to you, all that. So y- there's nothing unexpected. It's, uh, it's exactly what you want. And with all, with all the uh, bowl games coming up, it's going to be really useful. So uh, I definitely encourage people to check out scorebig.com.
1: Sometimes we watch football uh, at my apartment, and I would like to put up my seat on the couch for sale on scorebig.com. Let me know if we can do that. Go to scorebig.com and enter the code FRIEND, you know, because I'm like your best friend. So enter the code FRIEND at checkout and get an extra $15 off scorebig.com's already low prices for your first order. Tickets on scorebig.com are always below box office price guaranteed. Don't forget to enter FRIEND at checkout and get an extra $15 off scorebig.com's already low prices for your first order. Also... I would like to tell you guys about Squarespace. The new Squarespace is awesome. If you're designing a website or a blog or anything like that, you might know that that is an exercise in frustration usually because you're writing code and you're doing things like that and then all of a sudden you look at the web web page that you just created and you think, that doesn't look anything like what I wanted it to look like. Or maybe just I've had that experience, but I don't think so. Uh, I think a lot of people have had that experience, which is why you need the new Squarespace because it can help you make an amazing... Uh, looking website, blog, or online portfolio faster and easier than ever. It's a unified service for giving you everything you need to create and maintain a professional-looking website, domain, design, development, hosting, and support. Um, And they have drag-and-drop features, so... Things will appear where you want them to. You can design it well. Yes, Gary.
0: Yeah, it's it's really awesome. It's you know for people who are a little bit more novice, the drag and drop is super easy. It's very you know very intuitive. Um, Squarespace has built their back end so that if you're viewing something on a different, I device, built my back end. Oh <laughs> well, the way they built it is that if you're viewing it on a computer, it'll show up. I optimized for a computer, but if you happen to log on from yeah, an that's iPhone amazing. or an iPad, it will, it, or you know, whatever tablet, it will optimize itself for that device without you having to do any any work on your end. So that can be really, really uh, convenient. And uh, you know, if you're a little nerdy like me, it's built on a cloud architecture, and you know, they support HTML five, CSS three, JavaScript, all that stuff. So if you want to go in and tinker about it. Tinker about, you know, by yourself and not use the drag and drop and make it a little more custom. That's still an option, but uh, it's also great for novice users, so it's a a great product.
1: I feel like you're calling me a novice, but that is okay because that is what I am. And that's why I love the new Squarespace because it's perfect for people like Gary, nerds, and people like me, novices. From novices to nerds, Uh, use Squarespace for all your website needs. Build it, host it, update it anytime. For a free, all-inclusive trial, go to squarespace.com. Sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, use offer code BESTFRIEND11 and get 10% off your first order on new accounts. That means 10% off the first month or 10% off the first year, which is an even better deal. At squarespace.com forward slash best friend and use offer code bestfriend11. There you go, you guys. Um, another important note. I, uh, I, I am very hopeful that by the time you hear this or a few days after, but who knows, uh, the episode of my show that I did live, the bonus episode, Alice from Rosen's Junior Best Friend, live from LA Pod Fest. Uh, With guests Doug Benson and Greg Proops, the one that we've been saying, look for that in the iTunes store. Look for in the comedy section of the iTunes store for Um, $1.99. I have been told that it's supposed to go up like any minute now. Uh, Gary and I did not think it would – it's been an ordeal and an odyssey and another big word meaning thing that is kind of painful
0: and awful. Yeah, I I would like to apologize to um –
1: Well, they'll hear in the episode – they'll hear – so this is a two-part episode, and they'll hear – I think it's at the end of the second part of the episode, which you can can download the second part on Thursday morning, but this is the first part. Anyway, you'll hear a little something where – go ahead, Gary.
0: Yeah, I I make a little – I have a little egg on my face because uh, I chastise Allison for – Saying it may be in the store, because right? At the point, he, when we recorded this, you I was, said,
1: "Yeah, you said it will have been in the store for weeks now."
0: Yep, <laughs> that's and, what we
1: thought, though.
0: Yeah, so I'd like to apologize. It's apology I, accepted. I guarantee. I assure the listeners, we are doing everything we can. iTunes is holding us up, and uh, I'm
1: sending angry emails while still in bed in the morning. Yes, that's how much I am doing everything I can.
0: I have woken up to more than a few angry emails, so uh, not well, not to not me, not to I've you, been CC'd, Just for, Yeah, but yes, but uh, yeah. We're very sorry. got to stop doing that. We are getting it done as fast as we can. The second it is up, I promise, we will Twitter and Facebook like no other. For anyone who's uh, been
1: bent over and given a gift by iTunes, wow. (laughs) 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 You you just don't know until you try to do it how much they really have you over a barrel.
0: Yep, but uh, we'll get it up as soon as we can (laughs) and – Thank you, guys, all for for you know the people who have been emailing and asking where it is. We appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you. We will get it up as soon as we can. We're very eager for you guys to hear it. It's a very funny episode. Yeah. with lots of dancing and songs. It's
1: I've been it's told. Awesome been told it should be up this week and I believe that to be the case. Anyway, I love you guys. Here is part one of the um, Christina Pajitsky episode. Christina is... I, I I love her. I just want to spend more time around her now. Um, she hosts... Well, I'm not going to tell you who she is because you're about to hear who she is on the episode. Okay. I love you guys and uh, don't forget to download the second part of this two-part episode on Thursday morning and I'll talk to you later.
2: Bye. Rosin is your new best friend. Alison, Allison, We'll the good times never end. Alison, Rosin. Do you remember we began dance again? Alison, Rosin. Alison's your new best friend.
1: Hey everyone! Hi, hello. It's me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. My guest today is Chris- Christina Pajitsky of Your Mom's House, co-host of Your Mom's House podcast, yeah. and former person from Road Rules. Oh, why did you do that? Oh, oh, come on! I'm trying to live that down. You are on Twitter a long time ago. <laughs> you said you were fine <laughs> mentioning it because yeah, it came kidding. up when Dave Holmes was on the show. Oh, shit. Yeah. What did he have to say? Well. I, Do I know him? I don't think he's, I know He was an MTV VJ. He lost oh. to uh, Jesse Camp on that, like, I want to be a VJ thing. And he's a pop culture fan, as I am. And so then we just started talking about Road Rules and Real World. And I said, you know, Christina from Road <laughs> Rules a long time ago now has a podcast. And then we pulled up your picture oh and whatnot. God, so, yeah. Can I tell you that... Uh-
3: more people remember me from that show than, like, I've done a lot of stuff since then. Like, I've been on Chelsea lately for, like, a year and a half. And <laughs> like VH1 stuff. And nobody nobody remembers that as much as Road Rules. It's weird. It, it, Did it have a larger audience <sighs> then? Yeah. 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 And, and I think it was uh, at a time – it was a little, way more innocent back then. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a time when the premise was like, let's get into Winnebago and just get drunk for two months. And there was no – we didn't even fight really. Like, I – I told Piggy she had no soul or something, and that, Oh, maybe Kifla, the black guy. Yeah. I forgot. Where was Piggy from? <laughs> oh, she's an asshole. Um, uh, uh, where is she? she oh, she's, she's from, from England. England. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. I knew there she's was, a, was I'm trying you to, an accent. I'm blocking it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wait, yeah. were you on the Jake and What's Her Name season, or were you on a different season?
3: No, Jake is before me, but I, I know him. Yes, okay. I like He's him. He's like a very writer much. in
1: New York or was. Yes, for,
3: for like and FHM things. and stuff. Yes. Very cool dude. I like him a lot. There's very few people I keep in touch with. Like I'm still BFFs with uh, Susie Meister from my – season. Do you remember Susie? She's I like don't. The, I'm
1: blanking out. She's like
3: the blonde Christian girl and they they put us together because I was all goth and and like <laughs> and they thought we weren't going to be friends and we ended up getting along so well and well, I still love her.
1: What I remember is you had short blonde hair yeah. and I think you wore glittery lipstick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that so, was the 90s. Wait, who else? Yes, the 90s. And
3: I wore denim overalls, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in a few episodes too. Did you ever undo like just, mm, oh! No. Susie, Come yes. No. Oh, there she is. Yeah, too. Wait, who oh. else is on that season? I love her so much. Okay, so there's Susie, there's Kifla, Piggy the Crazy, um, Shane McBride from Canada, Chadwick. Chadwick. Who, who was a compulsive liar and not he did Not many Chadwicks go by mm. Chadwick. Right. They usually, most sane people shorten it. Right. Chad. Chad. Chadwick's a little douchey. Okay, now we're looking but so at a photo. Is, so is Chadwick. So that was per- ah, there. We go. Oh my god! Which look one is Chadwick? How, look how young and cute I was. He's the first one.
1: With oh, with his, the giant guns.
3: You know, he reminds me of what's that guy in the Breakfast Club?
1: Um, Judd uh, Nelson M- a little bit there. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, or do you mean Emilio Estevez? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's hard to Judd tell. Judd Nelson was like the the bad kid. The the yeah, the yeah. juvie. Is that what you mean?
3: He's doing the face right. pump thing. Yeah. Anyway,
1: there we were. There you that are. Was that
3: was in Melbourne. I think they shot that.
1: Now, did you go on and do the other shows? <laughs> oh,
3: no. I'm going to take killing. that as a no.
1: Well, here's what happened. So, you
3: know, no, they asked me to do – I did one challenge in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And they they were like, we'll give you $10,000 and a free trip to Jamaica. And if you last beyond two weeks, we give you like, I don't know, a few grand more. And I was like, all right, it's a free trip. And it was sponsored by Red Stripe. Mm -hmm. So I just drank a lot of beer and it was a very lesbian heavy season it was like ruthie in genesis <laughs> <laughs> all the famous mtv lesbians it's
1: the best Ruth, ruthie was an alcoholic right she was she, Hawaii, yeah season she,
3: she cleaned up though and uh, but, so the lesbians kept me around uh, way longer than i should have been but i had a nervous breakdown like day two on that thing what happened well, first of all, they cast—we're all lunatics, all right? I freely admit that I'm fucking bananas,
1: too. Do you have to be to get on one of the shows? Yeah, totes. Is it yeah. Wait, now, do you mean because that makes for good television or because you'd have to be nuts to want to do the show? Both. Okay. Yeah, both. Well, here's
3: what they do. Uh, the casting process is really them breaking you down. And seeing if you're willing to be emotionally vulnerable on camera. So that's really the process. That's why those old casting specials, mm-hmm. if you don't cry, you're not on the show. Wow. So, well, so
1: like what kind of stuff do they do during the uh, the cast? Like how so do they break evil. you down?
3: Okay. I'll tell you. If you, Here's how you get on a reality show if you want to know. <laughs> we um, do. Okay. So you got to share a lot of it, like family information, mm-hmm. really personal shit that you wouldn't tell people. Um yeah, and then you have to cry during casting, and and I remember one day there was a final audition, a final uh, like whatever interview, mm-hmm. and I wasn't crying yet because I was like I don't, and they called in the big guns, the psychologist that they worked with, <laughs> and they brought up my my relationship with my mother, who I have a very strained relationship with, and I was like, oh, they want me to cry, and I knew that they you wanted could me, I could feel it, yeah, and I was like, all right, just give them what they want, and get on road rolls, <laughs> I totally. I cried. Yeah, it was so cheesy. Yeah.
1: Do you think there was a difference? Because so you were saying that it was innocent. Do you think there's a difference between your years and like now? Because I just remember with Real World around the Las Vegas season, all of a sudden they were like getting naked Ugh. in a hot tub the first night. And I thought, this is so, this has, it's gone. It's so different now than it was at the beginning. Oh, it sucks
3: now. I yeah. I would rather get. I would rather join the Taliban than do one of these stupid challenges because the show's lost its integrity. The premise mm-hmm. was, hey, six strangers getting to have this great experience, getting to know each other, finding themselves. They're all like nineteen and twenty and now it's just like a bunch of hot dopes right hooking up drunk slots yeah giving each other chlamydia <laughs> and and that's the show and they're boring they're yeah. fucking boring because most hot 20 year olds are goddamn boring they don't have anything to say there's no there's no personality there right right so i can't even watch it and i think what happened it used to be the company is called bunum murray mary mm-hmm. ellis bunum she's dead now but she used to cast these shows and she had a soap opera background and so she really had an eye for interesting people and interesting story. And when she kicked the bucket, everything
1: changed. That's they, my It's theory. like they just went for uh, people who were like on 10 to begin with.
3: Tits and ass. It was yeah. a TNA uh, show. Yeah, I think you're right. I
1: think the Vegas cast was the, the tipping. Right, right. Well, because they seemed very self-aware. Like Ugh. they seemed like people who knew exactly what they were getting into. Um, now I have heard kill myself thinking something, about it. What? Okay, I'll, I'll only make you want to kill yourself no, for like five more. No, minutes. No, you can
3: you can <laughs> ask me. I, my disgust has nothing to do with you asking me. It just I I I have physical revulsion now thinking about
1: the people. Right. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I had a I've flashback. Heard, I've heard, and I'm now. See, I'm just gonna berate you with it. For Go me. ahead. A so, so, uh, couple more minutes. I love. It. I've heard something about people are either like. Like they put them into categories of green light, red light, or yellow light huh? when they're casting them, and the uh, now I'm making this up. but it's something like the the green light people are ones who. Will get along with everyone the red light people are ones who will huh. fight with everyone, and the yellow light are sort of they could go either way, and that what they I feel like I was reading about casting for survivor maybe or something like that this is years ago, or someone yeah. told me or I just pulled this out of my ass and the it's not the last one. the yellow light ones they could go either way, and that's actually who they want. Does that make any sense, or do you oh. think they want contentious like people who will oh, get in no. conflict
3: now, because my if you look at the casting for my season, like Piggy was clearly um. I'm imbalanced emotionally. Like, mm-hmm. she has real, I think, problems. And so she was supposed to be the one, the shit mixer. They right. always cat, like, Puck. Remember Puck? Yes. Dude, that guy is like the red light contentious, just right. there to start some shit. Yeah, I think they want more red lights now than anything. It right. seems to me it's really. Right. So, Mm. how
1: old were you when you did this show? You were eighteen, you said.
3: No, no, I was uh twenty one, or yeah, twenty one. I just turned twenty two, I think. Okay. So
1: when I was cast, I was twenty one. And what made you want to do it? What was your? You grew up in the valley, (laughs) you said, right? Yeah, yeah. So what? What? uh, What was that like? And what made you want to do the show? Well, I grew. Yeah, I grew up in the valley, but I was a real.
3: um, I hated being home. Mm -hmm. I didn't like. I didn't like the valley. I didn't like being at home. So I was out like in Hollywood hitting the streets. <laughs> Not hitting the streets as in like <laughs> prostitute. But I was like, I was a fucking punker, goth wild child. I was doing acid and smoking cigarettes and going to goth clubs and stuff by the time I was 15. And I was adventurous. And uh, I I studied abroad a year in England. This is in college. I studied philosophy. <laughs> Where did you go to college? I went to the University of San Francisco, mm-hmm. which is like the best city to um, – To be young and frivolous and crazy because it's all people questioning their sexuality and taking drugs. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I came back from from, uh, a year abroad and I was living in a closet literally like with five other kids because rents were crazy in the 90s. And I was like, oh, I want to I just want to get back and see the world again. And I found a flyer in the school cafeteria for road rules. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going (laughs) to go. Fuck it, man. And it ended up just progressing. Like I, one interview turned into three and four. And then before you know it, I was on the show.
1: Uh, at that point, did you think that you wanted to be a performer? No.
3: No, the stand-up thing came much later. Um, it happened because, like I, I said, I studied philosophy. And then I graduated. I was like, oh, there's no philosophy company to work at.
1: <laughs> you did not want recruited? Yeah. Yeah. Like- Anderson philosophy
3: <laughs> but lots of ideas nothing to do <laughs> excuse me I'm sorry this is your podcast me. I shouldn't burp
0: oh, I'm okay. such a
3: loser I do this on my own podcast not yours um I don't know and then I so I was real depressed growing up actually I, I was very depressed for many years like hardcore goth <laughs> um Bauhaus joy division mm-hmm. listening
1: and this was was this kind of before the days where they put everyone on meds who was depressed oh
3: yeah god no there's no yeah. such thing there was no such thing so I uh, I don't know. I, I was always attracted to comedy, but I didn't know that women could really be stand-ups per mm-hmm. se. I didn't see that as an option. I saw that I could be on SNL, but I I didn't like character work. I felt that that was too, I don't know, inauthentic.
1: I, so, I feel like um, growing up in terms of stand-up for – I don't know how old you are. I feel like I'm 36. Okay. We are about the the same age, except I'm 37. Um, Mm. But (laughs) Mm. (laughs) stop laughing at me, Gary. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, Growing up.
3: Hold on. What birth month? Like, when were you 37?
1: Uh, May, I have to know. Okay, okay I'm, so- I'm going to be 37 and a half. And when this comes out, I will. So I was think- I it really is. I was thinking about that as I was driving over. I was thinking, my half birthday's coming up. Fuck, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, growing up, Rita Rudner, Judy Tenuta, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> yeah. That might Elaine Boozler. Yeah. I feel like those are that's who the female stand-ups were <laughs> yeah and and they all had shoulder pads mm-hmm. and
3: it was like so my my period came late and you're like oh my god like i don't it just didn't seem very cool it didn't yeah. seem like a cool thing to get into until, no not at all no until i saw janine garofalo when i was like in high school and i was like oh i want to be janine garofalo like she finally looked like me and mm-hmm. had the bad attitude that i did and then uh yeah and i oh i did groundlings when i graduated from college and I hated it because like – you know, have you ever done that stuff, the improv? Uh,
1: yeah, a bit. I'm, well, I mean I took improv classes in New York when okay. I lived there. But I, I didn't actually – I was not on a team and I didn't do the whole like performing at the club thing improv style. OK.
3: But it was like a comedy improv way or just like a scene? It was
1: um, – it was uh, – the the one oh my god why am i blanking out it's the big one the one that does ask cat out here Help oh me, Gary. you see me yes okay yeah yeah that's yeah, where they're i did in new york yeah
3: i think they're good but the groundlings i felt was so cheesy because they're like you're in a donut shop and you're doing your <laughs> and i was like what the f- this is fucking bullshit like i just felt that i had more stuff to say i had mm-hmm. stuff to talk about not just doing space work in, in like a hot room
1: Oh, well, no, see, that was my problem with it as well, because it would be like the second day or whatever. And they're like, OK, everyone get on the ground. Now, I'm going to say an age. right, And then you have to act out that age without <laughs> using any words. But you can make sounds. Ugh. Six months old. And then so everyone around is like flopping around being like or whatever. And I'm just looking around like, oh, my God, you guys look like a bunch of fucking idiots. I know that that means that I'm not – the improv material if i was that self-conscious but or they you know for did you guys do heralds
3: no but i know what that is because my friend yeah yeah like the long form right so they
1: start with like a you know like balloon and then everyone has to you know act out balloon or like and i don't know people just so quickly turn into such dorks (laughs) (laughs) i sound very judgmental no i think um at that point like it, that wasn't Ugh. funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> or fun. I, here's
3: the thing: is that honestly, it can't good improv. I guess is good. Mm-hmm. I, I find that all right. This is a total comic in me. Like this is going to sound terrible, but I do feel like it's kind of uh, it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit of a cheat. The improv thing. Oh yeah, you, got, you and five other people, yeah. and you know you can be accidentally funny. And mm-hmm. stand up is like, hey, go out to Peoria for a week, and you make this fucking. Room full of people laugh every night, and you're across from a dirt track next to a strip club. Try that on, like. Right. So I like the toughness of it. I like the hard knocks. I like the punk of it, the punk rockness of just mm-hmm. like oh yeah, it's so stripped down. Yeah, I love the real the realness, and I think today in our society, everybody's so in front of their computers and the tweeting, and there's very little authentic connection. Mm-hmm. The comedy club is the last place you can sit in the dark with a bunch of strangers and have this collective experience that means something kind of like podcasting now Mm -hmm. where people are i love podcasting because it's like oh guess what you guys all these major networks they're fucking wrong america's a lot smarter than you think because they're listening to podcasts and this is nothing but a long discussion and it's not like you know it's fucking real
1: right right i've been saying that i think podcasts are replacing books i think if people want to experience ideas that unfold slowly Right. Podcasts are 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 that more than um uh anything on TV or the radio is, for sure. But yeah. now I've heard people talk about I've heard comedians who do stand up talk about the fact that doing pod, like podcasting uh makes them approach their stand up differently. Because they're so authentic and there's no veil at all during the podcast, that then to go on stage where they're doing material that they've done before. Like, how (laughs) do you feel about that?
3: I always feel like I'm disappointing the podcast listeners. Like, I'm so thankful when they show up. Like, I just, I can tell who's a podcast Mm -hmm. listener versus just someone that, you know, went to the Cheesecake Factory and then came over (laughs) to see my show at the improv. Like, I'm so thankful for everybody that comes to my shows, obviously, but. When it's a mommy, this is what we call our listeners. Um, you can see it in their face. Like there's this, there's this relationship, this mm-hmm. unspoken thing, and uh, I always feel like I'm disappointing them because I, I think that they want me just to stop telling jokes and, and talk to just about talk about what's
1: going on bullshit. With you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: which I would love to do. <laughs> I don't get paid just to do that though.
1: <laughs> so uh, okay, you. Call your listeners and your husband, Tom Segura. Right. You guys both call each other mommy. <laughs> and do you also call mm. each other jeans? Mm-hmm. Or some variant. Mommy jeans, "doggy oh, jeans. Where did this all come from? <laughs> I need the backstory on all of this. Do you
3: – Is it? does it seem – you seem like a together person. Allison. Oh, but Are I'm you... not. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you – okay, well, let me ask you this. You live with your boyfriend, right? I do, yes. How long have you guys been together? Um –
1: about a year and a half. Oh, that's a really cute time. Thank you. Have you guys, are you guys <laughs> farting in front of each other? Um, it, That has just begun. <laughs> yeah. For a while, no. But I... Okay, so you burped earlier on this podcast. Sorry, yeah. Uh, that's totally okay. okay. Um, I have realized that since moving in with my boyfriend, I forget to... Like, before we didn't make a, a habit of burping in front of each other, although right. I'm fine with that. In fact, I feel like theoretically people, theoretically or intellectually, this is my intellectual take on burping and farting. Okay. Intellectually, I feel like you should be burping and farting in front of your significant other all the time. You I should agree. probably be going to the bathroom with the door open. Like that's oh, the no. kind of open... Number two or number one? Both. I mean, that's the kind of openness I just would like to think. <sighs> okay. And yet we don't do that. Like we okay. still pretty much close the door number one even um although i'm totally i don't I wouldn't really have a problem with having the door open for that, although I guess there's not mm-hmm. really any need, but anyway where I'm going with this though is that uh now that we live together, I am totally unable to to not really like burp loudly mm-hmm. out loud mm-hmm. and then and I do it, and I think what. I, I'm. It's like I'm forgetting the fact that I'm at home is superseding the fact that I'm not alone. Right. Well, I. It wasn't I th- a conscious choice. No, but I like that because I.
3: Okay. Uh, my theory with this too is that if you're holding in farts or burps, you're holding in secrets in your relationship because <laughs> it's in it's an inoth- inauthentic way of being. Yeah. Right? Like if you would have ripped one alone, why not share that with the guy in your life? Right. I guess. Yes. So. Anyways, my husband and I, just so you know, we're very open and we're very weird like that. So this is how my husband broke the fart barrier with me, just so you know. Okay. We were sitting on my couch. We were dating like, God, three months in. hmm And he's in his boxer shorts. I'm in my jammies. And he so grabs my hand and he puts it in his crotch. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> he rips one. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm going to marry you. Like I... I don't know. There was something. It was a risky move mm-hmm. on his part. Something
1: so innocent and authentic about that, though.
3: Three months in. Yeah. So then, okay. So the mommy thing. But if you, but yeah. if he's
1: in his boxers and you're in your pajamas, three months in, like you're already very comfortable with each other, obviously Way. at that point. Yeah.
3: Well, Tommy. And I, yeah, we break down. We broke down barriers very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. How fast? Um, like yeah, like three months in. <laughs> but the okay, so the with the mommy jeans and the mommy oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. It came from a discussion. We were, (laughs) you know how gross it is. I think it's disgusting in Latin culture when (laughs)
1: yes, I know, mommy, papi, uh yeah, yeah.
3: And we were coming back from Florida, I think, where his family lives. And I was like, that stuff is so gross, dude. I'm mommy, mommy, and that's how it started. We we started calling each other mommy as a joke. Uh and then it just evolved and to now our friends and our family call us mommy we call everybody mommy in our life <laughs> like my best friend everybody's a mommy right. or mommy jeans um my new nephew is baby jeans <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's
1: in the jeans. Are you in? But now, when you say it, are you imagining M A M I or M O oh. or the other way? Because I think that in Latin culture, it's M A M I. I think
3: you're right, mm-hmm. but we we honkedified it, so it's M
1: O M M Y. You've whitewashed it. Thank you. Yep. Now, why do you find it gross? Even though I totally agree with you and agree mm. with you. Find what gross? The mommy thing. Yeah.
3: Um, because it's it's a maternal slash paternal right. relationship. Like, why would you sexualize even yeah. like the daddy? Like, that's so mm-hmm. grody to me, dude. Yeah. Like, some guy be like oh, it's your daddy. Like, oh, it's Art Pachitsky. He works. <laughs> he's a forklift mechanic in the valley. Why? Why would you? Yeah. Or like, or people are like, I'm gonna let's do it in our my parents' bed when they're gone for vacation. Oh. Did you ever do that? No. Yeah, it's so gross. Right.
1: I don't think I – I'm trying to think if I ever even had sex in my parents' house. I hated it. I hated doing that I don't that think up. I did. The, I know the, the pressure. Yeah.
3: The fucking pressure. Even when they were gone on vacation and I'd have my boyfriend over, I was like, oh, they're going to come home early. Mm-hmm. They're
1: going to find me. They're going to kill me. Would they have?
3: Uh, yeah. My parents are pretty strict. My dad's like Hungarian Art? old school.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Art of the story but a moment ago?
3: <laughs> yeah. From Canoga Park. Yeah. He, um, he just made an appearance on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had we had Roseanne Barr on. Uh, I know. I want to ask it's you so about cool. that. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I was like, oh, Tommy, we should call our dads because his dad's a conservative Republican and my dad's pretty liberal and have their takes on the oh, election.
1: That, that's a good idea. Yeah.
3: And my dad's super patriotic because he's a foreigner and like he escaped from Hungary to come here. And, you know, he's a self-made man. Like I, I so respect him. And he, go, he goes, Mitt Romney. He's like a used car salesman. He's like the manager of the Honda dealership. <laughs> I was laughing anyway. So he got a bunch of fan mail, a bunch of fan tweets today, and I mm-hmm. I showed them to him, and he was he was very excited. Uh, what so, do you think of the mommy thing? What? Why is it gross to you?
1: Yeah, it's the same thing. It's uh, it's the sexualizing and sexualizing the mom, and then calling that Ugh. the kind of stranger that I call – like like a little kid. Like, hey, mommy is just any any woman. It's yeah. weird. It's a
3: weird. Uh, I wonder why they do that. They're mm-hmm. they're pretty matriarchal Latin cultures, right? Like they like the Virgin Mary oh, and yeah.
1: stuff. Yeah, I guess. What is it? Is it or are they patriarchal? I would say they're patriarchal. You think so? Maybe I'm wrong though. I don't know, dude. Gary, know what's your take?
0: They seem very matriarchal.
1: But, but do you, you, but do you think the mom? the mommy thing is weird? Yes. I mommy.
0: Yeah, especially Oof. when it's in that voice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I used to go to public
3: school here in the Valley. Uh, I went to Portola Junior High and there was this one guy in my math class. He, This Mexican guy, he would wear a poncho and he would always rub his crotch in math class and look at me and go,
1: I, mommy, I. So, so I
3: think I also have that association. Yeah. When you get sexually harassed with it yourself, you're like,
1: hmm, not so hot. He would wear a poncho year round. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I feel like that doesn't breathe.
1: It's not,
3: it's like made of, it was made of like a burlap Mm -hmm. material.
1: This is bringing, this is reminded me of the fact that I think I had a poncho at one point. What's the thing that's just like a circle of fabric that you, and it has little slips that you stick your hands. Is it a capelet? Yes. Mm. We wore such weird stuff back then. (laughs) And then also I had, I think, bloomers and culottes. What? Yeah. I had various arrays of long shorts. Short pants, right? Isn't that yeah. what the English call them?
3: Like short pants.
1: Oh, really? I think sometimes they just we just call them shants. <laughs> but I always think like jams is what those. Were oh, as well. those are so ugly jams.
3: Yeah. Well, you grew up in Orange County. Everybody I wore did. jams then, yeah. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Coolots are. I don't. culottes are like. I feel like they're like bell bottoms that end at your knees. <laughs> they're, they're just bell bottoms on a smaller scale. Gary, could we turn the air on? Thank you. I would like that. Yes. It's what the fuck is going on? It is uh, going to be actually now it's like early November. It's going to be mid to later November. I th- well, who knows when this is going to air? Sometime so soon. Hot. And it's so hot. It's so gross. And I'm dressed yeah. like a total goth queen too. And I am too. <laughs> well, were you in high school? Um, I was I was uh, someone who wanted desperately to fit in the first few years. And then... That makes it sound like I was in high school for like so many years, <laughs> <laughs> and then the second five, years. right? Um, and then by the end, I just ex- i i accepted that I was who I was, and I was just sort of someone who was kind of on the fringes of things, and couldn't wait to get out of there. Oh, I didn't I really, high be- yeah, I didn't really belong to any. Um, I had I had two best friends, and we hung out with each other, and uh, I just kind of disliked it, but. I went to a a small private kindergarten through eighth, and that was a much more intense experience. High school was – I went to public high school, and it was big. And in that way, I kind of liked that you could just kind of eek by and not really be conspicuous, whereas everyone had their designated role kind of at the school that I'd gone to before. And it was like we were with the same people from – five years old to 13 oh so you really so, grew up with those kids yes. I mean, that you
3: already knew what, who they were and they knew you and yeah that. and
1: you yeah you just were sort of um i don't know you were just you, you were just kind of pigeonholed like yeah. you were just of a type or whatever and then all of a sudden i could what yes gary
0: gary no i totally agree with you um what? Yeah, no, I don't know. It it seems weird. It's <laughs> fucking where no, is I'm tr- Gary? I'm trying to think. It, it seemed <laughs> weird that pause. you said <laughs> yeah. it seemed weird that you said that this the high school was big cuz by a lot of people's standards we went it was to kind of small. Oh, but that's compared right. to, yeah. to Harvard, yeah, right, yeah.
1: compared to a class of 44, it was yeah,
0: big. Absolutely. How but, big
1: was your how
0: many
3: your high school?
1: Well, here's the thing. I got kicked out of public school
3: and went to um For what? Oh, boy. I uh, I decided to stop going. <laughs>
1: Like, That's such a wise decision, though. Mm.
3: Yeah, ninth grade, I was like, you know what? I don't
1: really like it here,
3: and I um, I just stopped going. Mm-hmm. I didn't. How long did
1: it take them to catch up with you? Okay,
3: um, here's how long you can go in high school. Oh, good, this
1: is useful. Just so people know,
3: <laughs> you can go an entire semester. Wow, I would say I had about three or f- three weeks left in the semester. I, here's the thing: I went sporadically. You have to show up at least. Like once a day at some point to check in, like at homeroom. Because they'll call your house. They used to call your house.
1: Well, if you have to show up once a day, what's the fucking point? I know,
3: dude. You just have to check in. But you can show up. way I just show right. up way late. Mm-hmm. I would ditch out on PE and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I, I went to uh, an all-girls Catholic high school. So I got kicked out of public school. My parents put me in this all-girls Catholic school. And it was like heaven on earth. I loved it. Really? Oh, it so great. Because you could leave your book bag somewhere and walk across campus and nobody would steal it. And mm-hmm. I wasn't getting into fights. I
1: used to get in a lot of fights with black chicks a lot. Physical ever, fights? Oh, yeah. Did you wow. ever fight with black girls? No, I've, I've actually never, uh, and I hope it doesn't jinx it, because <laughs> at this age, my bones will break. It's brutal. Um, I've never been in a physical fight. Mm-mm. Never, ever.
3: You've never lived.
1: Uh, evidently I have not it's kind of a rite of passage I guess I know that at tennis camp though when there was one time where I was holding <laughs> my racket and I'm like <laughs> see, I did, I, see I've had some experiences on the streets as well at tennis camp <laughs> this girl was driving me crazy and I was like holding my racket and I was like hold me back I didn't actually say that but I thought that I'm like I am having trouble not hitting her with this racket right now. I am so annoyed. Whoa! What did yeah. she do? To- I, it was just she was picking on me. I think. Aww. Yeah, I wish I could remember exactly what she was saying, but it was something where it was instead of feeling um, like intimidated, I just it was like a little like there was like a nap buzzing around me, you know, and it was Aww. her.
3: So she, but she pushed her buttons. Yes, that yeah, bitch that's ex- found. Yeah, your whatever. Core.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I wish I could remember what specifically it was, but it was. Uh, well, there is one thing I find I that, you that get I, picked on for one thing. Generally, everybody gets like I was usually picked on for being overweight. Really? Yeah. But you I were? don't. You're so oh, tiny. yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Let's just make the whole podcast just that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just play that in a you loop. Look, you look so great. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank Oh, well, my God. How fat I'm, were you? I was pretty fat.
3: Can we, do you have a number? Can you toss us Or do you feel too? You know, I honestly, wanna...
1: I don't because I was a kid. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what normal kid weights are. I, I know that I in know fourth neither. grade, I think I was like 102. Okay. Which I remember we had this like fourth grade superstar thing. And every, oh. every, every kid was superstar for a week. Maybe superstar. What kind of weird school? Someone else had that (laughs) reaction to that, too. Well, I I grew up not
3: being infused with self-esteem, like, at school particularly. Like, they broke you down in school, and that's how you grew up to be a good person.
1: Well, the kids (laughs) broke you down. I think (laughs) the teachers were trying to instill something. But anyway, I know there was something. Maybe this wasn't part of that, but everyone, like, wrote down... Hair color, eye color, height, weight, something. And then the person would, they'd like read it and you had to guess who it was. Now, just the fact oh. that black hair, brown eyes, that alone would have identified me. I mean, it was either me or Wonky Kim also had that. That's a real person.
3: <laughs> Wonky Kim. It's true. Oh, oh, look at you laughing. You remember Wonky. her. Oh.
1: Gary remembers. It was a boy. Oh. Wonky, and I, Wonky and I were friends in like first grade. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Uh, but I remember the teacher was like, okay, hair, brown, uh, hair, black, eyes, brown, weight. Oh, that's not important. Okay. Well, and then oh. like, like all the hands shot up, you know, Allison. Oh. but so whatever my weight was in fourth grade was enough that she didn't want to say it cause it would have embarrassed me. Right. Cause I remember just feeling sort of broken down at that point and being like, I'm tired of lying about this. So I'm just going to write down what the real thing is. Yeah. And as an, at nine years old, I thought that, um, very liberating, though, no? hmm Yes. Although, I mean, then it's not like I had this self-acceptance, you know, ever since then. But so anyway, I always – like, my, I always struggle with my weight. Um, and then I sort of have been – I think probably until my – till I moved to New York and then um, I was able to sort of slowly – Get it like under control, I guess is the word. But I mean, it's just like, it's a constant struggle. For oh, I me. hate my body every day. Okay, all day. I'm in that club too.
3: Well, and I don't want to. It's just it's it's a nonstop battle. Like I was just, uh, I was just like. This is really personal, but I'll just share. Please. Uh, you know, uh, my tits are hurting today, right? Okay. My boobs are hurting.
1: Is it that time of the month? It's
3: going to be soon, <gasps> so... We Yay! have only just
1: met, and I think we're on the same cycle. <laughs> yeah. Just last night, actually, um, I was recording oh. my show, and I was talking about my period as Okay, well. Yeah. So, anyway. But, but that constant
3: battle with, like, uh, I hate the... Uh, I don't want to say hate. When I gain weight, I gain it in my boobs. mm and I know a lot of women like, oh, I wish I had that problem. Like, no, you don't. Because it's, they're overwhelming sometimes. And, um, and they hurt. And like, mm-hmm. I, that's when I get bummed about my body. And I, When your boobs hurt? Yeah. When I have to feel it. Yeah. Because um, I don't really like, I don't go out in bathing suits a ton. And I'm kind of accepted that. I've kind of accepted, like if I go to the beach. I haven't been in a
1: bathing suit in about like a, a year. Really? I think so. And anyway, go ahead.
3: No, but do you feel like how do you feel when you wear it? Oh, awful. Yeah, <laughs> I uh
1: my <laughs> my boyfriend That's and I best. went to Las Vegas a, uh like a year over a year ago actually. And see, here's part of the problem is that the ba- I was like, I'll just put on this bathing suit. That I is like twelve years old or something. So oh. part of it, I had oh, that's I, two bathing suits, like the kind where the elastic is so old that it's oh, like, oh no, girl. Yeah, because I didn't want to go through the whole shopping for a bathing suit thing, and I figured, oh, what the hell, these work. No, in terms of uh, whatever a bathing suit is supposed to do. So it was it was a combination of a bathing suit that was super out of style and old, um, and then just feeling uncomfortable. And yeah, I, I kind of had. Meltdown is too strong, but I remember him saying, I feel bad that I, I feel like I put you in a bad position because like by, t- by taking me to a place where we were going to go swimming, oh. which is silly. You know, and I was like, no, like this is my, like the fact that I have this much anxiety, this yes. much shit going on yeah, yeah. in regards to my body and how I look is my problem. I do not want this to be something that affects you. Of course, it does sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I try not. I try to keep that. I try not to put that on to other people too much.
3: Well, and also, I think there's a point, like, at least I've reached that point where I'm like, you know what, dude? It's never going to be. Like, I'm never going to be what I was in high school or college. Mm-hmm. I weighed, like, at one point, 117. When I did road rules, I weighed 117. How I don't weigh that. I'm 5'7". Okay. And wow. now I fluctuate. I'm Did in you have the to high 140s. No. Then? No. I was just a skinny person. Oh. I swear to God. But I smoked a lot of cigarettes. I drank a lot of coffee. I just didn't eat because mm-hmm. uh, I was so full of anxiety being at, in college and everything, I think. And then I got on the road as a comic, and that's when I got real fat because I get, I get real lonely, mm-hmm. and then I like to eat my feelings yeah. uh, of loneliness. Same. My favorite is cheese. I love <laughs> mozzarella. Fried mozzarella sticks are my favorite. I like to drink um, Chardonnay and then eat like really shitty food in my hotel room a lot. That's that's my bottom. That's when I know I'm depressed when I'm like, I'm going to drink wine and have cheese. <laughs> Just watch Here Comes Sunny Boo Boo or whatever is on my TV. I,
1: yeah, I, I, had a, I had a lonely <laughs> carbohydrate bottoming in a hotel as well because uh, <laughs> staying in this hotel and the hotel had free packets of oatmeal. And they had a vending machine full of the worst kind of crap. Right, they all do. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I was like, I don't want to be in this state that I'm in, and I don't mean emotionally. I mean literally the state that I was in. I think I was. I forget what state it was. It was somewhere uh, in the middle. It Iowa? No, I was just depressed in Iowa. Yeah, it, it may as well have been though. Mm. Um, it was just you know, a, like the Radisson or something. I don't know. Anyway, though, so I, I, um, I ate a bunch of oatmeal and some stuff from the vending machine but i just ate the oatmeal without cooking it wow it's not you know it sounds wow. disgusting and it you got to be careful to you need to have enough uh, like water or something near you because <laughs> you could choke otherwise you don't want to <laughs> cough cuz you'll pop out oats why didn't you microwave it i don't know that's what i'm saying <laughs> this, this sounds like
0: some sort of sick self punishment
1: why it's not that bad i mean it's very it's okay think about an Think about an oatmeal – think about like a, uh, any sort of baked good that has oats on it. That's uh-huh. probably not cooked. Yeah. So you can't wait. eat oats that are just out of a packet. But what if
3: you eat it and then like it expands in your stomach and
1: then can that happen? <laughs> I think it can because I know that a stomach – there was a stomach ache that followed it and I was like, oh, man. Dude, that's a bad – oats.
3: <laughs> you know what? OK. Here's my bottom. Here's why I know I'm really depressed. I like to get a, a block of cheddar cheese – and then I'll cut off about, like, a two-inch chunk of it, mm-hmm. and then I'll put that chunk on a plate, and then I'll just microwave it until <laughs> it gets real gooey. And then I like it to get ripply, like, lacy. You know what I mean? You ever When you kind of over-microwave lacy. it, yeah. and then it gets hard, mm. and then you can pick it off the plate and just eat it. And Do you, that's you have to wait for it to cool down a bit to pick it off the plate? No, though? dude. The you best can't... part's the challenge really? of like, oh, I burn myself. And then <laughs> you burn yourself and it's pain and punishment and reward all at the same time.
1: God, I feel like I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah. Is cheddar your favorite? You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. And
3: smoked Gouda is now mm. my new favorite. That's See, so I would have gross. thought
1: that it's only diet food that – because diet food, if you microwave it too much, it will turn back into its original styrofoam and, like, Ugh, bee I pollen or whatever the hell is in it. I but I didn't realize that something genuine like cheese will get hard in the microwave. Uh, yeah, eventually it will.
3: It will go back. Yeah, it will harden. And then I like that chewiness. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, – it's fun. And I have bondings. I have fake front teeth. So I got to be real careful about what I chew.
1: What happened to your um, your original friend? Oh team? yeah,
3: I knocked half of one out in third grade uh, on the playground. Some kid I never Wait, saw scrapping before. with
1: the black girls? No, no, <laughs> that was
3: later. No, black girls were ah, oh, black girls were t- hair pulling. Can I tell you that? Like fighting a black, I think seriously that because I fought black chicks, it turned me into a comic. Like I could have been <laughs> a normal blonde white girl. Like mm-hmm. I was on that trajectory. I swear to God, seventh grade. I was starting to listen to the cure. I was already on the dark side of the forest a little bit and I got, I started to fucking scrap with this. Okay. I want, and when I say black girls, I know how racist that sounds. Let me narrow it down. Okay. Not all black girls are naturally violent and will beat the shit out of you. Just the ones that went to Portola junior high, in Encino, between the years 1989 and, like, 1990, okay? So there was, like, a group of three of them. And this girl, Rosina Johnson, okay, that's her. I guess that's her real name. Whatever. Uh, she would sing Bobby Brown's Every Little Step <laughs> in the locker rooms. Like, right behind me, she would get in my face and be like, hey, step I take! And I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, what would you do? You would tell her to shut the fuck up, right? I, I don't know what I would do. I told her to shut the fuck up, which is a bad yeah. decision. Um,
1: now, <laughs> don't which, but get this was she trying out, I mean. to drive you insane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: It was part of the, the psychological warfare right. of getting in my head and trying to screw with me. But anyway, I, I mean, I say fight loosely. Like, mm. she really, like, she would just fuck, like, she would choke me and then someone would punch Jeez. It was crazy. Yeah, it was like prison. And people are like, well, why didn't someone step in? Yeah, like, I was.
1: Mm-hmm. They just no not, were they not around or they didn't care to. They or didn't it was care, just I think. Street justice. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I just think they didn't care. Uh,
3: I don't think they cared. But can I tell you something? Like now, looking back as a grown up, I'm like, you know what? First of all, it made me a lot tougher, and it also, I think this generation doesn't respect. Um, how should I say this? Like mean when black you go girls? on, no, 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 no. When you go on YouTube <laughs> and you find comments that people are like, like I went to a Beatles video. Right. Uh, Let it be. And some kid wrote under a Beatles video like John Lennon sucks. The Beatles are faggots. And you're like, oh, really? You (laughs) hate the Beatles, you piece of shit. Like, how dare you write something cruel to somebody on the internet? Like, you don't know. And they don't care because it's anonymous. Mm -hmm. There's no Rosina Johnson that's going to come and beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Because they don't they don't learn that lesson. This generation doesn't learn that That you can't just say things. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that's why they can go on Twitter and troll you and say hateful things. And I had never thought of it crazy. that way because I do oh, yeah. hate
1: the hateful things that people say. Oh, it's
3: crushing. And especially if you're a performer, you're you're fucking yeah. way insecure. I'm way insecure. Yeah, that's the whole
1: point. That's why we're performers. Yes. We just want to be loved. Oh, so I and just want the like, approval geez. of everybody. Yeah. I want exactly. everyone
3: to love me the way my parents did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like,
2: you
1: know
3: what I mean? It's, yes. Why are you a performer, you think? What's your issue?
1: I, I don't know if I could uh, could I reduce it to just one. Okay. Um... God, are you in I therapy? Mean, Did you say am I in therapy? Yeah, um, not currently, although mm. I have been saying for a long time that I really want to get back into therapy. Oh, that's the best. You got to do it I know. It's, I, I, I haven't but a good found one. a therapist out here. Okay. And well, I have a good
3: one. I'll rec- I can really? recommend you. Yeah.
1: I would actually just today I sat there in front of my inbox. My mouth made a farting sound as I said that. I said, like in front of my inbox. Because <laughs> uh, I have the name of someone. And I was like, we made tentative plans to have a phone chat, you know, to to. This is when I wasn't live. Now I live like really close to where she lives. But before I didn't, um, but then she didn't confirm it or whatever a long time ago. And then I was like, I should just email her and I should just make an appointment, but I don't want to. But if you have the name of someone, good, that'd be good. I do. Is it a man or a woman? It's a woman. Okay, I don't want to my- go to a no, dude. that's what I always say. Yeah, yeah I don't want to go to a dude either. Well, well why do you not want dude, to? Dude, because one time
3: I did, and it was a space alien. This guy was wearing, like, mommy jeans. There mm, you go. Okay. High, light denim mom jeans, and then Did white- he have an
1: ample butt? Because that's weird. Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah, he looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> and he had on that, and then he had on white Velcro shoes. Mm-hmm white velcro shoes and i remember thinking like yo this guy doesn't even know how to dress himself how is this guy gonna straighten out my life when he can't even fucking put on a normal outfit and walk out the door do you know what i mean yeah you gotta learn how to present yourself to the world if you're gonna change my life around Mm -hmm. but not only that he had me do a lot of like performance things like i want you to put your hand on your heart and then act out Talk to your childhood something. And I was like, get fucked. Like, I perform for a living. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to come in here and do a theater for you, your little right. improv sketch. Like, just keep it real. I can't stand, you know, phony baloney, like yes. acting out and stuff. So right. I see a lady and she really changed my life. I highly recommend it. Okay. Actually, I can tell you where I found her at the Wright Institute. It's called the Wright Institute on Pico on the west side, West mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I highly recommend for anybody. They work on a sliding scale. I don't know why I'm doing an infomercial for them, but they, they're no, they fantastic. Got, this
1: is helpful. Wait, now, what kind of therapy is it? Psychotherapy. Uh, psychotherapists, they're
3: all in P- – their PhDs getting their final training. Mm-hmm. So it's like you and like one person. You see one person, but then that person takes your case back to like 10 other people so that they're being right reviewed. Uh-huh. So you have like 10 eyeballs essentially on your case, which is awesome. I I I can't recommend it. It's really turned me around. Like, I joke about stuff, but that's only because I've straightened it out emotionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can talk about getting the shit beat out of me by black chicks because it doesn't doesn't hurt me the way it did (laughs) before I went to therapy. All
1: right. I will take that name from you. Do it, man. Yeah, I know. I really should... I really, really should be back in therapy. And I just, for some reason, I was actually thinking about that today. Dude, That's and you work with earlier. all dudes.
3: Yeah. Like you work in a super, I work in a dude heavy environment too. Mm. And I think it can fuck with you as a lady if you're not like, you got to be super resilient. I mean, you're working with like the dude of dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Mr.
1: yeah I am. Yeah. Head, head dude. The H-D-I-C. <laughs> and like, how do you, so how do you deal with dudes? I was actually... I I feel like I prefaced the last 13 sentences with I was actually just thinking. But I was actually <laughs> being just self-conscious. Is it PMS, bit. yeah.
3: Yeah. I get that way too. I'm kind I hate everything of Always everything that I say. way though. Always, are you always uh, hypercritical?
1: Often. Mm, part of the reason. That's that she,
3: crippling. Oh, it is. I'm that way too though, a lot. Not all the time, but it,
1: yes. Yeah. I hate I like, everything. I like I like when I have breaks from it though. But <laughs> now you know what I have though? I will answer that in in 1 second though, but I was just thinking recently that I hate everything that I was in the past. Oh, me too. A little too much. You like, judge it? Yes, uh-huh. very much so. Because because I had to find a, an old picture of me for um, someone's pod for Janet Varney's podcast because mm-hmm. she runs like, a current picture of you and then a picture of you from adolescence. <gasps> oh, so I was no. going back and looking at photos and like every photo from every stage of my life. I just looked. I was like, when I thought about that time of my life, I was like, and I just kept having that self-loathing reaction. Yes. And then I was thinking. <laughs> How far am I gonna take this? Like if I think about me six months ago, do I have that reaction? I don't know. It's weird. I, do.
3: I see pictures of me on Facebook that I take with the audience and I'm like, oh, I'm so fat, grow, it are you
2: like I mm-hmm.
3: I see I can't even watch myself on like on television if I'm ever on like a VH one thing or what. I, yeah. I cannot I can't hear myself do stand up. Like I think if Do you if, listen to your
1: own podcast?
3: Uh no. God no,
1: no. I mean, my husband. So you're just like you're just like a shark. You just keep, <laughs> keep swimming, keep moving. Yeah, because I have become I don't that way. It. I used to any TV thing I did, I'd come home and watch it. What? And I, I no. Now, like, there's a this whole uh, there's a few things I've done on E that I haven't watched, and mm. people will tell me about them, and I will think I should really watch it at least to see what they chose, right. so I know what it is that they want. You know, if oh, I do right. one of these things in the future. But I still can't bring myself to do it. I
3: don't know. It's weird. Um, I hate everybody I've ever slept with before my husband. Oh. I I judge my – I didn't – I didn't honestly – I didn't bang a lot of dudes and I kind of regret that because I grew up in the AIDS generation. Mm -hmm. You remember AIDS came out? I do. Yeah, and everybody was like, don't pet the cat you'll get the AIDS because they didn't know where the AIDS – so I didn't bang a lot of guys, but the ones I did, like, I look back and I'm like, huh?
1: like, I can't believe I let that person inside of my body. Um, I feel that about a fair. I'm trying to think if uh, I feel that about every single one of them. Uh, oh, it's so gross. I'm trying to Rigarious. think if there's anyone I don't feel that about.
3: Wow. No.
1: I mean, I have some fondness and affection for there's one. <laughs> And then there's one that I didn't sleep with. But were I feel you a like hoe or were you pretty chaste? I was. Um, I was a middle. late bloomer. Okay. So then I had this like I've got to make up for lost time thing. Although I don't think that mm. I was consciously thinking of it that way, but I did. I maybe I went through like a phase of sleeping around. I'd say. Okay. Although I, it wasn't like I was, it, it wasn't like there was multiple guys in. A, a week or a month or anything like that. It Don't wasn't be ashamed. Yeah, it's it wasn't okay like else. that. But it um but I wasn't in relationships with every guy I slept with or mm-hmm, anything. Yeah. But I also didn't really understand how it worked. Like I didn't understand that if you like someone and you would like to date them and hope that it will turn into a relationship. Sleeping with them the first night is probably not the best idea. No, and
3: girls I don't get, get that. that. Yeah, Now do they, though? Dude, I... Because you and no. I both came
1: of age in the time where women could ask men out and all this stuff that now people think better of. Oh, dude, I
3: don't... Listen, I'm way old school when it comes to courting. Yeah. I don't ask a dude out. No way. Let them chase you. I always... My mother told me that, and that's probably the one lick of sense that she had. I don't believe in asking guys out. Oh, I don't either, uh-uh. because I don't
1: think it works. I don't think it... It's yeah. It it doesn't help you in the long run. Although I no. and don't
3: bang them early yeah. either. Um, actually, yeah, don't bang them early. I don't think you should do that. Wait. Right. So what was I was going to ask you. So how is it working with dudes? I oh, asked you that question okay. and then I totally yes. sidetracked. And you, what sorry. I was
1: going to say is the thing that I had had just been thinking was like, there's not. This is a very airy fairy thing to say, but I love it. There's not a lot of there's not enough female energy in my life anymore. Yeah, like everyone, because it's you know all my time. Is spent either at work or with my boyfriend and I just – I don't know why I don't make time to hang out with other people. I sh- it's like somehow I always feel like I don't have enough time. I know. Um, yeah. That's older so was, you get too, it
3: gets right. worse.
1: So I was, thinking, I was thinking about that recently that there's really not that many women that mm. I am close with anymore – and it's sad, you know. And it's I wonder funny. what's missing in my life because of it.
3: No, I totally pegged you is because I know you're a guy's girl. Mm-hmm. I'm totally a guy's girl. Like I do the podcast with my husband, and like I do Rogan and you know the Death Squad. Like they're right. All, oh, they're, so
1: those are very dude dudes dude, too, yeah. and they're
3: awesome. Like I love them. They're all my brothers, and they're great. But if you're dude oriented, it is hard to find females that you can like relate to mm-hmm. and. Because I also find that, like, I don't know, maybe this is terrible to say, but the culture now is so fucking disappointing. Like, I, I was on Pinterest and I wanted to blow my brains out. Like, I've been obsessed with Pinterest for months. Just like, mm-hmm. is this real? Like, is this fucking, really? It's like recipes and mason jars and yeah. manicures, that's what we're worried about. It's a
1: dream decor. The
3: Kardashian, like it's like the 50s. Like, oh, I don't know. I just find that, yeah, some broads, that's all they care about.
1: So when you say the culture is disappointing, you mean the culture of ladies out there? <sighs> yeah, and I see like,
3: at least, ugh, this sounds terrible. Yeah, it's okay. But I see a lot of it, like when I tour and, <clears throat> like I tell this joke where I say that, I, I like being married because I can finally just give up in the way <laughs> that I always knew I could and that I buy my makeup at the pharmacy. I don't wax my meow. I wear sweatpants. Like, I'm a pig. And you know what? But sometimes, not, not all the time, but I see some women's faces in the audience and they're, like, shaking their heads like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You should be a lady. Like, they're I genuinely mad. yeah. And I'm over like, the notion of no sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I don't know. I have a hard time relating.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't get it. See, I have, to me, the ideal, like I was saying before, the ideal relationship is one Where you are completely yourself and there's not that artifice and you're burping and farting and whatever it is. And I think that's because there's that need. And maybe this is a a childish or it's coming from a, a, a very young place. But that need to just be unconditionally accepted. Oh, for sure. And I know that that's not uh, not entirely realistic, but that's where that's coming from. so the idea that I would be with someone who would be like, "You wear sweatpants too much, or like do you have to remove your bra and makeup the minute you walk through the door <laughs> yes. because I do I do too yeah
3: <laughs> wait, but why is that unrealistic to be accepted entirely? I think that that's that's the person you should marry
1: yeah well why let me that's a good question. Why do I think that's unrealistic um i g- let me let me rephrase it. I think that the idea that someone will just accept every single thing about you and that you don't even have to try at all is not entirely realistic. And I don't, but I I don't think that you should, but, but here's the thing. I don't think that you should have to try really hard in the superficial areas. Like I don't think that should be how someone, how, what someone's love is, uh, That's the condition But I do think you you have to try in terms of just being a decent person.
3: Oh, yeah. And taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually. No, I mean, look, I don't wear sweatpants all the time. Tommy and I, we're going to go out tomorrow night for anniversary or whatever. And I'm going to wear a nice dress. I'm going to put on makeup because, like, I'll spiffy up for him and he'll do the same for Mm me. Um, But I think that relationships that are built on superficial shit, and you see that a lot in L.A., you know, the trophy wife or the trophy yeah. boy or whatever. And my That's sense bullshit. is always that they
1: don't really even know each other.
3: Like, no. what do
1: they talk about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to know. Yeah. So, how did you guys, how how did you and Tom or Tommy meet?
3: Uh, we met in a, at the Cat Club, a comedy club, uh, Upper Sunset. And uh, he was like 23, and I was 26. And I was smoking a cigarette outside of the club. And and we just started talking, and I really liked him because he was like the one, like do like he wasn't a douche, douchey male comic in the sense that like when you're a female comic, you're just the like you know in this environment, you're the one girl that they all see and come in contact with, so you're like prey. <laughs> you know, you're just you're the female energy, and he was like the one dude that that wasn't. He didn't treat me like I was the one thing to pounce on, and. Mm-hmm. I really liked him and he was so mature. My husband has the soul of like a forty year old man by the time he was twenty three and I, I really like the calmness of him. I really like his uh, his perspective on life and he's so centered and so secure and that's something I really I think lack and that I try I work on a lot mm-hmm. in therapy and everything and um so he calms me, he balances me out. And I think I don't know. I don't. I don't really talk about our marriage a lot because, like, I don't want to jinx it. You know, I also I don't want to tell people because they're like, oh no, if it's out there, then uh, I might jinx it. So I don't know. You think you're going to marry this guy you live with? I think so.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: I think it. so.
1: I I was here is that sentence again. Thinking on my way over.
3: You're very contemplative. What did you study I know in school?
1: English. Okay, good. So you're a thinker and a reader. Yeah. Uh, and, but I, but I liked philosophy as well,
2: mm-hmm. but I was just listening
1: to, was it Mark Maron and Pete Holmes or I don't know who I was listening to someone and someone was saying that it's like, it's really actually arrogant to say, to preface stuff with, I was just saying, or I was just thinking, like, I, don't, I don't know why they were saying that. I I think that to say I was just saying is like, it presupposes that the other person gives a fuck whether you have actually said this before or not <laughs> but i do it out like of this it. need to be honest like yeah. this is not an entirely like i'm i'm you know repeating myself a little bit um but i i'm trying to figure out whether i want to have a big wedding or whether I need to have a big wedding or not cuz i right. i growing up i always heard girls say something like you know that's not for me and i always thought no but that is, but for me that is for me mm-hmm. i want i want the whole thing i want the fairy tale all of that but i don't know that i really want that anymore my sister is younger than i am and she got married and she had um the whole big to do and i think going through that uh, with her and worse. watching all of that kind of uh purged me of the need myself <laughs> and i just feel like i'm not that young and i don't i don't like planning things and <laughs> i feel like that it's honestly the idea of putting together a wedding just seems like ugh,
3: and it's the worst thing ever yeah. can I,
1: do you do you watch flipping
3: out with jeff lewis no All i right. probably should i watch a ton of shitty reality shows i don't watch anything scripted and uh jenny pulos just got married and jenny pulos is like in her 40s it's her second marriage and she did a huge wedding with like the white dress and a banquet hall and at first i judged her because i was like come on
1: bitch! it's your second one.
3: (laughs) yeah you're not wearing
1: off white yeah (laughs) come on
3: now let's get but uh at the end of the day i was like you know what that was her heart that's what she wanted that's what her little dog heart wanted and you got to go with what your soul wants you to do. Don't think about the work because it's going to suck either way to plan a little wedding or a big one. Yeah. What did you do? We did. A, well, Tom's got a huge family and mm-hmm. I have a very small family. And since my father was paying for the, the wedding, I was like, let's go somewhere far away. And that way, not a lot of people will come. and mm-hmm. My poor father wouldn't have to pay for it. And so we, did, we went to a, a small island in the Bahamas called Elutra. And we got married on a Lutra with like forty people, but what you'll find is that it will it'll it's planning the wedding sucks because your future in laws will get up your ass, <laughs> and uh, I don't know how you, if you get along with them. But then if you have sister in laws, everyone everyone will have an opinion right. about how to do what you want to do.
1: And unfortunately, and I that. am the kind of person Gary can attest to this. I tend to listen to everyone's opinion about something. Oh, and if God. they have an opinion that's different than yeah. what I want, th- that's kind of the other reason that I should be in therapy just to sort of, just to get a little bit more of a spine. Uh, even though this is something I've worked on before. Like if I think one thing and someone else thinks something else, I feel uh, compelled to consider their I know thing. The and it just, way. it drives me. Fu- like it, it makes everything take so much longer, <laughs> right? No. Now, why do you do it? I do it because I don't, I second guess myself and I just yes. don't. Yeah. But do you know, know why you second guess yourself? Um, Yeah. I mean my – my I kind of had some crazy-making parents mm-hmm. where no decision was ever made lightly and my mom is very, very uh, like anxious and methodical with all decisions. And so I've never – like once I saw her make a quick decision, which is the – TV broke and she went out and bought a new one then like the same day that and what are they immigrants too? No,
0: actually
3: they sound way like warlog, like my folks like it's it was yeah. always World War Two in my house literally yeah. like the, the mentality of the scarcity mm-hmm. you know standing in line like all that stuff so anyway but you right. sound like you grew up in
1: well yeah
3: communist bullshit it, like it I is
1: did. it is that that uh sensibility scarcity, even though they're not right. yeah so right Exactly. So everything was just very tense, and I think I just, I think I just absorbed it. Because my mom certainly didn't sit me down and explain that I need to drive myself insane and everyone around me insane over every decision right. I make because there's a right and a wrong. You know, she certainly yeah. didn't. Like yeah. she doesn't like that about herself. But somehow I just absorbed it.
3: So <laughs> that's you know, know what I like about you, Allison. I think oh, tell me. <laughs> you're the first person I've met. I think, ever in my life in this show business oh, I like that this is going. you're so open about every insecurity that you have. Thank you. That's a, I think. a wonderful gift to share with people because I was very – like I, w- I just started kind of sharing that stuff because mm-hmm. I always – because as a comedian, you have to be so tough right. and funny all the time and to show that vulnerability is so wonderful because so many people relate to you and your bullshit, you're your, issues i love that see
1: i think my belief is that everyone deep down is insecure everyone walks away from interactions with other people that they don't know that well thinking oh i feel like why did i say this or why did i do this this podcast
3: i'm gonna go and sit in my car and scrutinize everything i said
1: well you shouldn't you shouldn't because you're (laughs) you're fabulous scrutinize myself (laughs) but um no, I just think that everyone ha everyone feels like they're the only one and that yes. if if only they didn't have this kind of insecurity then their life would be so much better and different. And so people feel insecure but then also ashamed for feeling yes, insecure. That's the big but one. there's a handful of people out there who pretend not to have any vulnerability or weakness and they are ruining it for the rest of us because <laughs> everyone compares themselves to them. But I wonder yeah. those people are there Certain people in their life, like who are in their inner circle, who who they admit their vulnerability to, or do they mm. not even admit it to they themselves? They don't know it themselves, I think. So they're just megalomaniacs. Well, because
3: I, well, no, here is the thing: not all not all people that don't can't admit their flaws are megalomaniacs. They they can also be deeply ashamed of those yeah. flaws. Because my mother criticized everything about me growing up, so I learned that weaknesses or vulnerabilities were a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started to hide it. Oh, I'm not ashamed. I, so it gets layered with shame right? and until you can go like oh having a weakness or a vulnerability it isn't a bad thing it's just on the spectrum of who I am then you're so much happier for it but that's such a great service because I I think especially in the podcast world it's so dude heavy and Mm -hmm. dudes don't relate by sharing feelings sometimes they just relate by telling stories Yeah, and you're like I wish I could hear a podcast where like people just share their feelings
2: about shit hey do you know Show
0: it all